The church is under construction. The church is not finished. It is a building, if you will, that is being worked on, that is being brought up. The church has been placed squarely upon the foundation of this truth, that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. The disciples turned apostles have set the truth, the Lord working through them and with them, have set the church squarely upon this foundation. Roman Catholicism has it all wrong about Peter. Church, it's set on Peter. I don't think Peter would want the church to be set on Peter because Peter was a man. He, he had issues, and, uh, you know, that just isn't the, the correct understanding of this scripture. The church is set squarely on Peter's confession. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And the Lord says, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. That didn't come out of your mind, son, but my heavenly father has revealed this truth to you. And I'm gonna establish my church upon that truth. And the characteristics of this church are that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus said, I himself will build the church, and the church that Jesus builds, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now understand that gates are stationary objects. It is not that we are assaulted by hell and are not overcome. It is that we assault hell. Amen. We don't wait for the devil to bring the fight to us. We take it to him. The gates, gates don't move. They're they're Built, they're well, not, not immovable objects, but they're stationary objects. They aren't built to move. They are built to keep an aggressor out. We are the aggressor. We've lost that. We need to recapture that. We are the the church is the aggressor. We don't wait for the devil to come along and give us. We go. We take the fight to him with the confidence that greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. We don't fight. This war, this battle that's, that we've undertaken with anything less than the confidence of complete and total victory. The truth of the matter is the war has already been won. Jesus won it on Calvary. When he said it is finished, those words echoed all through hell itself to the very ears of Satan. It is finished. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. When he said that and he gave his life and his blood was shed so that our sins may be washed away and that we may be made the children of God, the war is over. There is no question as to the eventual outcome. It is given to us clearly in the word of God. The outcome is no longer in doubt. He is going to return with the shout of the archangel, the trumpet's going to sound with the voice of, of the Lord. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And then after that, we who are alive and remain, if we are alive and remain, and that's the time that it happens, shall be caught, or whoever is at that time, shall be caught up together with them in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. You read the end of the book. I shared it. I got a message to share with this church that I shared with Grand Bay Church of God Wednesday night. I don't want to get ahead of myself here. So y'all need to come back next Sunday morning. Amen. And if I'm able to preach Sunday morning, I'm absolutely going to give it to you. But the devil, the false prophet, all that bunch are going to be cast into a lake of fire, and that's it. 
That's it. Well, what happens after that? Well, let's see. We've, we've spent a thousand years ruling and reigning with Jesus on this earth. Devil's let loose for a short period of time. He deceives the nations. And without getting into all the, the theological isms of that, who those folks are, God the Father makes quick end of that. We're gathered around in Jerusalem, and God the Father makes quick end of that. The heavens open up. The very throne of God the Father himself is revealed. Death and hell empty themselves. And those, those who are about to be judged eternally stand before the throne of God. They're cast into the lake of fire, and that's it. But for the child of God, I don't know why I got into that when I'm talking to somebody, but for the child of God, we enter into an eternal kingdom. It is so good our imagination can't go there. We try, we strive to imagine the scenario found in the Word of God. I'm talking about a kingdom without end that we will enjoy in a glorified body that will never grow old, never get sick, never get hurt that we don't have to wrestle with because this glorified body will not possess the appetites of this body. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. No stress. No, it will all be joy for eternity. Our mind can't grasp that, but it's the promise of God. The child of God is going to live forever. Amen. There is a new Jerusalem, 1,500 miles square, coming down out of heaven. There's plenty of room for everybody that wants to go. Jesus is building a church, and he tells Peter and the apostles, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I'll give you authority. Whatever you bound here, be bound there. Whatever you loose here, be loose there. I will give you authority to operate. Now, in 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse number 4, we are given an understanding as to the building materials of this church. Verse 4 says, Come into him, which means come into Jesus, as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, talking to us, as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. Why? to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. People would ask us, what do y'all do all that for? What do you do all that singing for? 2 Peter 2, verses 4 and 5. You're welcome. What do y'all do all that for? Why y'all people get all emotional? Because the word of God instructs us to bring spiritual sacrifices into the house of God. You know what the truth is? I had rather bring a hallelujah, thank you Jesus, glory to God, as I had dragged some dead animal in here. Amen? I'd rather come lift my hands up to the Lord that loves me and give him praise and glory than I would to sacrifice some animal. He doesn't want physical sacrifices. That's the Old Testament. He wants spiritual sacrifices from us. You know what that means? What does Pentecost mean? I've been hollering it for years. Pentecost means participate. All 120 in that upper room were baptized and the Holy Ghost came boiling out of that upper room into that streets, singing, shouting, praising God in a language they never learned. And everybody who had come to Jerusalem for the, the, the Feast of Pentecost <coughs> marveled that all of these Galileans with an accent kind of like what I got. Not that bad, but it's close. 
they were distinguishable by their Galilean accent. That's why they weren't permitted to do stuff in the temple because they sounded, I mean, from our perspective, you know, they sounded like a bunch of hillbillies. If you put them, let's say Jerusalem was Atlanta, they sounded like a bunch of hillbillies, all right, to the, to the folks, to the higher-ups they did. But they were speaking, every man, every woman, in a language they did not learn. But the folks from other nations who came in, what did they say? We hear them speaking our languages. Amen. What? Praises to God. Why do y'all do all that? Because we're supposed to. We are supposed to. See, the whole idea, church, got all messed up before the latter rain outpouring of the Spirit. I tell you what, if all, if all church was was this, listen, spectate. I wouldn't got to go fishing. You know what my first emotionally traumatic experience was as a human being in this world? Was when my granny Ruby told me I was too old to sleep in church. And I ain't joking. I got Because the best sleeping you'll get is in church. My personal record on Wednesday night, I put six children to sleep in this sanctuary. That's my record. Amen. Because church sleeping, and I, you, you say, well, my, my child went to sleep. Bring them to church. If they go to sleep, that's fine. Amen. If they holler, I'll holler. With, that's why we got a public address system. Amen, Seth. That's all right, Jess. I love you. Or whichever youngin that is. Amen. I want that child to be here. Why? Because I want that child from her earliest days to experience the presence of God. Hallelujah. And to do that, when we come, we have something to offer. We have something to do. We come to the house of God. We offer up a spiritual sacrifice to the Lord. We express our thanksgiving to him for all of the wonderful things that he does for us. We dwell in the blessings of God every day. Every day. You're here tonight. You're able to sit upright in this pew. You are breathing air because God is gracious to you. You ate something today because God is gracious to you. You make a living because God is gracious to you. Amen. And if we ever get to the place where we take that for granted, I may just drag all of us over to the nursing home and say today's service will be a tour through Oakview Nursing Home. And when we get out, let us lift hands to the Lord. That's why I pray for the folks in the nursing home. We go to intercessory prayer. What do I say? Everybody over at Oakview, all the residents and staff over there, let's lift them up to the Lord. Amen. These folks over there in pitiful shape, y'all. Listen, there are folks over there it's over for them. What do you mean by that? I mean, they've come to a place where they're never going to call on the name of the Lord. They had an opportunity when they were younger and they let it pass them by. You don't do that. Just because they're, they're dead men, dead women walking. They're still breathing in this world. But their opportunity for salvation, they let it pass by when they're younger and now they're mentally unable to make that decision. What are you saying, preacher? I'm telling you, when the Holy Ghost convicts you, when the Spirit of God presents the gospel of Jesus Christ to you as truth, beloved, you embrace it. Amen. I've seen other folks over there that serve God all their life. And one sister, uh, Sister Coley, 
She laid in that bed for years. Feeding tube, y'all remember that? You know what happened to her? She died and went to heaven. Amen. She never, she couldn't open her mouth. She couldn't speak. She couldn't do anything. When you gather around her bed and pray for her or, or sing, you get a little glisten in her eye. That's the only response she was able to make. But tonight, she is in heaven. Her body is in the ground, but Sister Coley is in heaven. This same Jesus she loved and whom she served when she took her last breath, the angels of the Lord come and God. We have all of these reasons when we come to church not to spectate, but to become involved in worship, to offer up a spiritual sacrifice. Now, you be, may be like me. I can't sing. You don't want to hear me sing. Brother, then you don't sing. No, you don't. I, I wouldn't. I love you more than that. Now, I'll sing when a choir's singing because y'all can't really distinguish my voice. You know, I get drowned out. But we come and we, we, as the choir sings, we have opportunity at the beginning of the service to offer up a spiritual sacrifice to the Lord. Amen. And, and here's the thing. Why the enemy don't want you to do that is because when you do that, when you offer up that spiritual sacrifice, the Holy Spirit begins to bless you. And when you leave church, you leave with this thought, man, I'm glad I went to church today. It's not dependent on Brother Andy how I preach. It's really not dependent upon, we have excellent singers and musicians. It's not dependent upon the quality of, of their performance. It's all dependent upon the fact that the Lord is in this place. Hallelujah. And we lift our hands toward heaven and we give God praise. And when we do that, he blesses us. We can either do that or we can sit and watch everybody else. I don't know about you, but you know I want everybody to be blessed. But I don't want to sit and watch somebody else get a blessing. Me just sit there. Amen. And the opportunity is there, listen, for all of us without exception. I wasn't going to get all that out of that verse. But I needed it. Amen. So we got it. Matthew chapter 9, verse number 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities, villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching, the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, very familiar verse, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now as the church we are to gather together. We are to congregate, become a congregation. And when we do, we are to lift up spiritual sacrifices to the Lord. But listen, when we leave this place, we all of us are to be laborers in the Lord's harvest. Not everybody's called to be a preacher, but everybody is called to be a witness. We are all to be laborers in the Lord's harvest. Well, how do I, well, I don't want to be pushy, Brother Andy. I don't want to push my religion. I ain't talking about pushing your religion on anybody. I'm talking about taking advantage of the opportunities that the Lord gives you, and he will. Just take advantage of the opportunities that the Lord gives you. It could be something as simple as opening a door for somebody. It could be as simple as picking up something that somebody else has dropped. 
just a, 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 a small act of kindness and consideration. But if it's an effort, the Lord will bless it. He needs laborers. Well, I say he needs. He desires laborers in his harvest. There is a harvest in Chattooga County. You don't believe me? You get yourself up to Walmart and just look at folks going in and out that door and ask yourself, how many of these folks walking in and out of this door at Walmart, I can tell by looking at them, really need Jesus in their life? Amen. How many little kids? And I, I brought this out Wednesday night. No, Sunday night. It bothers me when I see a mama slap a kid and that kid ain't done nothing to deserve it. Maybe that kid made a mistake. You don't beat your kids for making a mistake. The only time you discipline, and I'm all for corporal punishment. I'm not talking about abuse, but I'm talking about, you know, uh, creating discomfort. It's when that child rebels. When you say do and that child says, I don't, you light that child up until that child says, yes, I will, mom or dad. You're, oh, Brother Andy, I can get arrested for that. It's the word of God. Rebellion's caught up in the heart of a child with a rod of correction. I'm talking about abusing a child, but I'm talking about correcting and disciplining a child. But when a child is abused, man, that jumps my last nerve. You know, and you want to go over, hey, buddy, how about do that to me, you know? But that's the flesh. What the Lord wants us to do is what? Pray for salvation. Because that mama gets saved, she's going to love that baby. Amen. That daddy gets saved right with God, going to love that baby. And that, and that will quit. We need laborers in the harvest, people who will fulfill their place in the body of Christ so that souls may brought, be brought into the kingdom of God. The Lord is blessing us. We got it good here. Lord's healing folks. Saving folks, baptizing in the Holy Ghost, blessing, amen. We're not to keep this to ourselves. This isn't our just little, you know, little private uh, uh, opportunity for blessing. But we are to be laborers in the Lord's harvest. 1 Corinthians 3 and 9, <clears throat> for we are God's fellow workers. We are laborers together with God. You are God's field. You are God's building. And then in 2 Corinthians, the apostle writes again, we then as workers together with God also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. We are to be laborers in the harvest. We are to be workers together, laborers together with God in the harvest. He desires that we work with him. What an honor it is that the Lord desires to include us in the work of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is an honor and a privilege. But it is a responsibility that lies upon every child of God. We are to be laborers together with him. And then we come to Luke chapter 14, verse number 27. Jesus says, and whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Got to take it up. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. We're going to have altar service tonight, but I'm going to give you opportunity to think about it before you respond. 
And that's what the Lord is saying here. Understand this is a lifestyle decision. Christianity is not a hobby. Being a child of God is not a hobby. We either in or out. I tell you what, I ain't got no desire to be no hobby. You know why? Because I've read the book of Revelation. What happens to the lukewarm? Spewed out. Spit out. I don't want to be spit out. There are, you know, the language there indicates that the Lord has displayed. He said, I'd rather you be cold or hot. If you're hot, you're fine. If you're cold, at least I can reach out to you. But if you're lukewarm, you won't listen. I'll spit you out of my mouth. It is a lifestyle decision, and it takes a, it takes a moment to consider that decision. Am I willing to allow the Holy Spirit to use me? Am I willing to offer myself as a vessel to God and say, Lord, I offer myself as a laborer together with you. I offer my life to you. Use my life for your glory and for your honor. You're stepping out of your comfort zone then. You're stepping into a life of faith. You're stepping into a life of purpose, but you're stepping into the only life that has fulfillment and satisfaction in this world. Lord, I desire that you use me according to your will. I give up my will. I give up my rights to myself. Father, not my will, but your will be done. Somebody prayed that in a garden one night, and the result of that prayer was our salvation. So now it's our time to pray the same prayer. Father, not my will, but your will be done. I want to read you a quote that I got. I get on Facebook. I get a lot of my prayer requests off Facebook because nobody calls the preacher anymore. But dear Lord, they put it on Facebook. But this particular quote was on there. I believe Brother Doug Chapman put it up, and I, and I, I copied it off, and I want to share it with you tonight before we pray. How many of you know who Carter Conlon is? You ever heard that name, Carter Conlon? He is the pastor of Times Square Church in New York City. It was a church that Brother David Wilkerson uh, got started in New York. Great man of God. Listen to what he says. Lord, forgive us and help us. We made a terrible mistake in America. We got tired of being laughed at. We got tired of being called holy rollers. We got tired of being mocked. And we wanted to go uptown and not be on the wrong side of the tracks anymore. We wanted to become teacher, teacher, and rabbi, rabbi. We wanted certificates on our walls. We wanted to be considered smart by a perishing society. In fact, what we wanted was the praise of men more than the praise of God. So now we got all of our smart people running our churches and the whole country is going to hell in a handbasket. I'd rather be laughed at. I'd rather be called a holy roller. I'd rather be mocked and have the power of God upon my life. God, I don't care if people think me a fool as long as they find you. 
wow. I wish I was there when he preached that. I probably had to jump up and holler. I feel like jumping up and hollering right now. I don't care. That's what happened, listen, folks, to the Pentecostal church. I'm talking to us. I ain't talking to nobody else Pentecostal folks. Church of God, Assemblies of God, Foursquare, Congregational Holiness, going down the line as far as denominations go. We got tired of being laughed at. We got tired of being mocked. If you spend any time around my mother-in-law, Sister Bowden, she'd tell you about what took place at a highway church of God. They used to have the windows open because they didn't have air conditioning back then. And people would come with these big cigars, and they'd suck them, and they'd blow smoke in the windows to try to disrupt the service. One man brought a snake in thought it was cute, you know. And I forgot, Brother Gilly, thank you, Lord. Brother Gilly and his uh, walking stick escorted the man out. He told him this wasn't a show, that the power of God, the Holy Ghost, wasn't a show. He could take his, his snake and, and hit the road. They burnt their church down. Highway Church of God was burnt down because they were having such an impact. Labor and Bowling, many years ago, rode a mule into uh, town to the general store there at Geraldine, and a big old boy come off the chair and said, I'm going to whip you. He said, you one of them. Labor said, what you talking about? You one of them tongue-talking folks. You one of them sanctified folks. You one of them holy rollers. I know you. I'm going to whip you, boy. Get off that mule. I'm going to whip you. You know what Laban's response was? Because Laban Bolin was a mess. and Everybody knew him can say amen. He was a mess. But as a young man, he come off the mule. He looked at this guy and he said, look, I'm not one of them. I don't live right. I'm not one of them. My family is. I'm not. But let me tell you this. It's right. It's right. And just because I don't live right don't mean it's not right. It's right. And you can go ahead and whip me if you want to, but it's right. That Holy Ghost, that tongue talking, that living right, it's Bible, it's God, and you can do what you want to. Wow. You know what happened? Labor moved to Chicago. He had many adventures he would share with me, and I'd just, He'd get me laughing so hard I'd be crying. He went to a bar one night, and this gal kind of sidled up to him. was all sweet and everything, and they left the bar, went in a, a, the a parking lot, and her boyfriend mugged him, took his billfold and all of his money, beat him up. A little later, when he got over his injuries, he went back to the same bar, and he was sitting there, and he looked, and there was a woman sitting at the bar beside a big old man. And from the back, he said, that's her. Huh, that's her. That's the one. She done me. That's her. And boy, the more he thought about it, the matter he got. And he got up, took a big deep breath, went up there, wheeled that woman around when he did. It wasn't her. And the guy beside her happened to be her husband who grabbed Laburn, said, man, Laburn said, before you kill me, hear my story. He shared the story with him. God let him go. So just get out of here. Don't get around my wife. That's kind of cat laboring. And I don't say that to put laboring down because I loved him. But the moral of that story is it's not a story, it's a true fact. Laboring died. I had his funeral. I said, Lord, I can't tell all these stories that laboring told me about taking eggs and putting them in a stump. A few hours later, he went back to the stump and he had a quarter moonshine whiskey. I said, a lot of laboring did. I, you know, it just ain't, ain't a Christian testimony. This is what the Spirit of God spoke to me. 
He said, you tell the people this. You remember what he told you about that day when he was a young man? He rode that mule into Geraldine and that guy threatened to whip him? Yes, Lord, I remember very well what he said. You tell the people this because he would not deny me that day before he died. I went to him one last time and Laban Boland died saved. I don't care what they call us. Amen. I don't care what is spoken behind our backs in the community. They can call us what they want to. There is nothing worth giving up what the Lord has given us. Nothing is worth it. Now, I debated as to whether or not to share this with you. I was in conversation with Brother Colley. He said, Brother, Andy, Brother Tim, he said, Brother Andy, he said, the assemblies are considering removing the initial evidence uh, from the doctrine of the church. I said, what? He said, yeah, they're going to start telling people you can have the baptism and not speak in tongues. I said, ooh, that's not good. This is what Brother Tim Colley told me. And he said it in front of folks. This isn't a secret. He said it in front of a lot of several people within earshot. He said, Brother Andy, if, I, if they do that, I'm going outside and taking the sign down. And I'm joining up with y'all. I said, what? I'm joining up with y'all. I'm thinking, there ain't no y'all. It's just us. There ain't no y'all. And then I remembered years ago, a fella told me he was in conversation with Kenny Morris. This has been years ago. Somewhere, it wasn't here in Somerville. It was some other place. And Brother Mark, they were talking, just fellowshipping. And Brother Morris said, if the assemblies ever embraces homosexuals, I'm out. And I'm joining up with Brother Andy's bunch. I ain't got no bunch. I'm joining up. I ain't got no organization. Amen. I ain't got no. It's just us. I mean, just. What will, I'm, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but what will we do if it does? People will be looking to us. Are we willing to accept that kind of responsibility? We'd be help, willing to help folks that live 400, 600 miles away from us. All they've known is that that church in Somerville, that church in Somerville, them folks in Somerville that love us like family, them folks at Somerville that treat us so well when we go to Somerville, we love them dearly. Brother Tim called it stand up to date. Kenny Martin, I'll go down the list. Eddie Sullivan, Marshall, a whole bunch of them. The same folks in Somerville. It's not just, this, this is not like a, you know, a fraternal organization. What we are a part of is not a political organization, beloved. What we are a part of is a family. 22 churches represented in our youth camp this year. When I say our youth camp, Brother Scotty said it from the pulpit. He said that Fort Lake Youth Camp is now a separate entity from Fort Lake Assembly of God. Now, it's on the same property. He said, but when you go back home and say our youth camp, it means our youth camp. It's our youth camp that the Lord has blessed us with. Moses Chowdhury is our man in India. That the Lord brought him. The first thing he did was introduce us to Moses Chowdhury so that we would be able 
to be blessed. He gave us an opportunity to give to Brother Moses so that based on that effort, he might bless us. And has he not? Praise God. The only thing I fear, I've shared this with you time and time again. I'm going to bring it on home tonight before we pray. The only concern I have is that having received the blessings of God, we become at ease at Zion and we go to sleep. We just kick back and say, well, praise God. We've got everything we need. We don't need anything more. That's a lie of the devil. Amen. I pray God send revival that fills this house. I pray God send revival that fills this house so that we have to move out to the ministry center. I pray God fill that ministry center out so we have to do something else. That your church council is, is literally running every day of the week trying to keep up with what the Lord is doing. I don't want to see a few people saved. I want to see thousands of people saved. Amen. I don't want to see a couple of people healed. I want to see a bunch of people healed. Hallelujah. I just want to see a couple of folks delivered. I want to see a lot of people delivered, set free by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Delivered from that life of torment into an abundant life with an eternal promise. Praise God. That's what I desire. We got it good. Lord, good, good to us. It's 70 degrees in here. I'm wearing a coat. I don't care I'm sweating a bit. Pews are comfortable. You know, we got the new uh, LED lights in our lights with dimmers. We can bring them up. We can bring them down. We got all this stuff. We got a completely separate PA system for the ministry center for youth conference. It sits over in the corner. We got, we got everything we need as far as material stuff goes. We got it. We got a van. We got a bus in the shop. If we're going to get back, it's going to be. What's wrong with the bus? That's yeah, a Ford. No, I'm just kidding. I'm playing. I ain't. Don't, no, nobody on the council get all hot at me. I'm just joking. But you understand what I'm saying? We got a big pecan tree that's down. But it's down on eight and three-quarter acres of property that's paid for by the grace of God. We, can sit, we have a choice, beloved. We can sit back and just ride it out till Jesus comes. Or we can say, Lord, I'm with felt it. Lord, I am willing to be inconvenienced by the numbers of people that you desire to save in Chattooga County. I'm willing to give up my seat if that's what's necessary and go sit in the choir so somebody that's never been here before can come and hear the gospel of Jesus and experience the presence of the Holy Spirit and find their way to an altar of prayer that they might be saved by the grace of Almighty God. I'm willing to have to walk because I have to park my car farther away from the church building. To accommodate others. I ain't in this thing for numbers. I ain't in this thing for, oh, yeah, Brother Andy done it. No, 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 no. I had to correct some folks one time. I, I, I was invited to a meeting. I had no idea why I was there. Fellow was a former general overseer of the Church of God. And they was people I'd seen on TV before at that meeting. And the former general overseer said, well, this is Brother Hutchins. He's done a great work in northwest Georgia. I said, whoa. Everybody pull up here now. 
I was the only one that drove a Chevrolet into the parking lot. And it was my mama's Chevrolet. It wasn't even my Chevrolet. I said, man, look at these cars, Mercedes, Cadillac, Lincoln, hey. I said, no, 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 please, with all, you know, try, with all due respect. Brother Andy didn't do that. Amen. It is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. But, beloved, we cannot pull up short here. We must press on to the finish line. Amen. You know why? Because them folks that get saved just might be the people that you've been praying for. Amen. If we got everybody's lost loved ones saved, this sanctuary will not hold it. That's all right. I'm willing to be temporarily uncomfortable in the ministry center until we can get it air conditioned. Can't give up everything, no. But I'm willing to be inconvenienced. I'm willing to have to scramble to keep up with what the Lord's doing. Amen. Stand your feet all over the house. He told me to hush.